the words of Scripture. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. We brought nothing into the world and we take nothing out. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, I guess that every one of us here could uh, tell a story, a memory of Isabel. And uh, we don't want to be here for a few weeks. We obviously have to be very selective. But certainly amongst the things that we would remember would be her fierce independence, her prayerfulness, her love of the garden, and so much more as we'll be hearing. So, first of all, remember is the most important person of all. Neil, would you like to come out now and tell us? Um, my sister Barbara, who now lives in New Zealand, is sadly unable to attend, but is represented by Julian, her son. Mum, sisters Norma and Trish were unable to attend today due to health issues and things. One thing I ought to say is that when Anne and I were going through and finding things about my mother, is that her name originally started as Isabella, not Isabel. So that causes a few interesting thoughts. But anyway, most of you know Mum from her time in Shalford, so I wanted to just say a few things about her younger years. She's the eldest of three daughters, and was born in London in May 1924. Although when I asked her sisters where she was born, they said in Scotland. <laughs> so, yeah, things move on quite quickly apparently. Um, the family moved to Wallingham from Scotland, and ironically it's just two miles from where Anne and I live now. So that was another surprise. Uh, she attended a local school in Wallingham, which was sadly shut down, and the girls were then home educated by a governess. A lonely experience, according to my aunt Lorna, as they missed the company of other children. Then there was a second move to Putney during the war years, where the garage of the house that they lived in was bombed. Though she got away with that one. Mum attended Putney High School, which unfortunately also was hit by a bomb. Thankfully again no one was hurt, but it was back to being educated by governors, as their parents didn't want the girls to be evacuated from London. Mum studied art, and she was very good at drawing. During the war, she worked as a draftswoman for the Navy, and providing technical drawings of aircraft to assist in the engineers to work on them. Actually, we found some of her drawings, so we put them in the graphic arms, so as you walk in, there's a table of memories there, so you may be able to see them. She also attended the Secretarial College, an amazing that building was also bombed. Get the impression that she shouldn't be somewhere. <laughs> As you know, she was a devout Christian all her life, and around this time she attended a youth club at Trinity Church in Wimbledon, where she met my father, and they married on the 9th of April 1949, and had a long and happy life together. Mum also helped out at Sunday school there. They settled in New Morgan, where they adopted Barbara and myself. They were very involved in with church, Christchurch New Morgan, 
and they set up a random group and fully immersed in life at that church. Dad was also the treasurer there for many years. They remained in that house until they moved here to Shelford about 38 odd years ago, I think it was. My memories of growing up filled, filled with holidays to Mum's beloved Scotland. There were a lot of relatives and so visits to them up there was quite busy. Uh, her mother, her, my mother's father, William Miller, was a Glasgow shipbuilder who owned a lot of land and farms in Scotland. And in 1915, he purchased Balamino Castle in Perthshire as a summer residence. <laughs> so mum had some special holidays up there as a young girl. Sadly, it was sold. The next time we go to Scotland, we're going to go and knock on the door and say, we're the ancient relatives here. <laughs> See what happens. As you all know, mum was a fiercely independent lady and lived alone without any assistance after my father passed until the last six months of her life. Since my father died, Anne and I have been more and more occupied in trying to assist her with everyday life, which wasn't always easy. When mum asked me to do some pruning in the garden, I would have to reply, your type of pruning or my type of pruning? <laughs> it was always a battle to see who would win. Um, whilst I was pruning with my mother in the garden, Anne would sneak around the house and try and get some cleaning done without getting caught or being obvious. In the final two years, trying to get her to accept any support proved impossible. An example of this was after she had been discharged from hospital after a severe episode of heart failure. She was given a full package of care which lasted two weeks until she fired them all. As was her way, she came to the conclusion herself that it was time to go into care. She chose Wood and spent her last months very comfortably and happy with that care. So I'd just like to say thanks to all the staff at Wood for looking after her. Thank you very much. Thank you, Neil. Well, we now are going to have some memories from Marilyn who has been a friend of Isabel's for 45 years. So I look forward to what you have to say now. When I was asked to speak about my dear friend Isabel, I was deeply touched and feel so privileged. What can I say about this special lady? She was kind, funny, a great walker, wonderful at hospitality, but most of all, a lover of Jesus and a great evangelist. I first met Isabel and Ian 45 years ago when we all lived in New Orleans and attended Christchurch. I had recently become a Christian and was very new in my faith, but Isabel took me under her wing and became a great mentor as I began my own spiritual journey. At Christchurch, Isabel was involved in Women's Home, where she played the piano each week, enabling everyone to sing hymns. She ran a house group with Ian, looked after children and nurtured so many. This nurturing was a real gift Isabel had, and it continued throughout her life. Soon after they moved to Wanush, I moved to Capel and then Rudswick. So our friendship fellowship carried on 
and grew deeper over the years. When Ian would go to South Africa on business, I would go and stay with Isabel, and those times were always special, as we would walk for hours, share what the Lord was doing in our lives, and pray together for those we cared about. Isabel was a dear person who always put others before herself, and her life was devoted to prayer, her faithfulness to God was evident in all she did and the lives she touched. When my good friends, Shirley and Robin Harrington, were moving from Cable to Monash, I immediately told Isabel, and within a few days of their move, Isabel got in touch and invited them to Monash Church and to join her Bible study. She was always looking out for others. Isabel was so proud of her son Neil and all he had achieved, and had such admiration for Neil's wife Anne, who was an excellent sister in the hospital, and both she and Ian loved their grandchildren and shared with me what they were all doing on many occasions. One of Isabel's last outings socially was to come to Rudgwick as her very dear, dear friends, Brenda and Bruce Morley, had moved there. Bruce very kindly went to collect her. Although quite poorly, she was so thrilled to come and see the Morley's new home and have coffee. And many times over the phone, Isabel shared how thrilled she was that Brenda had moved, Brenda and Bruce had moved to Rutrick. A lovely memory for us all. When Isabel sat and told me she was going into a care home for some respite care, I felt this was God's provision. I knew she would be looked after. She phoned me on several occasions to say how happy she was, how kind the staff were, and that she didn't want to come home. I was so delighted that I knew the time had come where she could receive all the care she so richly deserved. As ever, Isabel shared her faith with all the staff. She never, ever missed an opportunity. I know lots of you will all have your own memories and funny stories of Isabel, and she will certainly remain in our hearts. I'm sure you would agree Isabel served the Lord faithfully over her 98 years and has left a wonderful legacy. I believe those words, well done, my good and faithful servant, totally apply to Isabel. We can rejoice that Isabel is now united with Ian and in glory. I'm sure we will all miss this lovely special lady, but our loss is heaven's gain. And now a completely different story from Trish who Isabel met through going to the surgery. I first met Isabel 14 years ago when I worked at Warner's Surgery. Isabel needed to attend on a regular basis and I always made sure she was booked in with me. She was one of my favourites. Isabel was always gentle, calm, but so much more than that. She had a presence about her 
that is difficult to put into words. After many visits, I mentioned to Isabel about this presence, and she explained about her religious beliefs in a very unassuming way, just gently. Each time Isabel was leaving, she would turn at the door and say, God bless you, Trish. To me, it felt like being given a huge box of chocolates, but in fact, so much more than that. It was through Isabel that I came to Wanda's church. So for me, this was an everlasting gift for which I will always be grateful. The power of a God blessing. And now Hilary is going to say something who's got to know Isabel more recently, but particularly over the last months has uh, been a really good practical friend. I feel very privileged to be here this morning. Thank you for including me in this. Isabel, our loving, caring friend, with a cheery smile, who loved people, <coughs> welcomed newcomers, invited people to tea, and wrote words of encouragement to many. Isabel, a lover of nature who enjoyed country walks, just being outside, she loved her garden and spent many hours tending plants, often that she'd grown from seed. She spent time hoeing, weeding and watering, often till the light faded. Isabel was stoical and determined and knew what she wanted. On one occasion in hospital, she was shown the menu for breakfast. Now, breakfast was Isabel's very favourite meal and a proper breakfast had to be cooked and it had to preferably include sausages and bacon and it must be streaky bacon. Well, she took one look at this menu which said things like wheat a bit and toast and she looked up and she said, can I have a boiled egg? Well, she didn't get a boiled egg but when she told me about it we were able to laugh together. We saw the funny side of it. Another hospital experience I had with Isabel was when she had an outpatient appointment. I got to the house and she was looking around for her letter. She couldn't find a letter for the hospital. And so in the end we had to go without it. So we arrived at the hospital with Isabel praying for a parking space, and me wondering where I was going to find a wheelchair. Well, we found both, but the wheelchair only worked when you pulled it backwards. It didn't, you couldn't pull it. So I think we must have looked quite a sight. Two old ladies are going through the hospital corridor, one going backwards, and the other like a cart horse pulling from the front. And we got to the department and tapped all the details in the screen and nothing came up. So we located a nurse 
and she looked on the um, internet and then she said, oh sorry, you've come the wrong day. <laughs> well, not all was lost because Isabel also needed an x-ray on her knee. So we turned around and trundled off to x-ray. And she got the x-ray and we managed to get out there and we, we did see the funny side of it afterwards, but it was a bit of a performance really. Isabel was a true servant of God. Unwavering her faith, she spent many hours in prayer for missionaries that she supported around the world. She had a big heart for the needy and those in crisis situations reaching out to them in any way she could. Isabel, becoming more needy with age, embraced her new phase of her life in the home that had been found for her. She appreciated everything. She appreciated everything at Pilgrim Wood. She loved the place. Well, when I say everything, except for one thing, they didn't do proper breakfast. <laughs> Right up until her last days, Isabel was campaigning for sausages and bacon. <laughs> but she was happy there. She loved and prayed for all the staff and looked forward with joy to the prospect of meeting Jesus face to face, even asking God to take her soon. Isabel was an example to many of a life lived for the purpose and glory of God. And she will be greatly missed. Until we meet again, Isabel. The reading is Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 and chapter 4 verses 4 to 7. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Well, when I was thinking about a passage of scripture that seemed right for Isabel, uh, it was these verses from Philippians that came to mind. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And we've already heard that Isabel was very happy to know that she was going home. To die would be gain. So for Isabel, we cannot be sad. And as these verses said, rejoice in the Lord always. 
And he did rejoice in God. And the hardest thing for her during lockdown was in not being able to come to church. And she hadn't got a computer, so she couldn't even join with us remotely. And it's lovely that some people today are joining with this service remotely, particularly Barbara. And so that was so very hard for her. And basically, it says in these verses, don't get anxious about anything. And really she didn't. Sometimes I think we would have wished she did. Maybe she should have been a little bit more anxious about her health. Maybe she <coughs> should have definitely been a bit more anxious about her driving. <laughs> <laughs> and we were delighted when the time came and she couldn't drive anymore. But basically, she was not anxious. Do you remember hearing her complain about herself? She trusted God. And as it also says in these verses, don't be anxious about anything, but with thanksgiving in everything, by prayer, present your request to God. And that's what she did. I think so many of us would say her prayerfulness was such a mark of her. Prayerfulness for us and the care she showed us, but prayerfulness about everything. And so she had peace. She had God's peace. And she certainly knew when the end came, when at last she agreed that she needed help to go and would go to home, she had peace. She knew it was where she was meant to go. And the thing that Isabel most longed for was that other people might share her faith, become Christians as well. And I want to read out a memory that Sylvia, who is here now, uh, sent to me about Isabel. She was a good and patient teacher. I became a Christian soon after I joined Warnish Church. And Malcolm Williams, the vicar at that time, began a course for new Christians. Due to health issues, I was unable to go through with the course, so Malcolm introduced me to Isabel. And on a weekly basis, I would go to her home, and Isabel would talk to me of what it means to be a Christian. We would look at passages in the Bible, starting with Revelation 3, and then Jesus' life and teachings. They were enjoyable times, and gave me a firm foundation for the journey ahead. I always took my Bible, and a book for notes was most important because I had to write down my homework. I had to do my homework. After my instruction, we would have tea, where we talked particularly about gardens, a passion for us both. A firm friendship was built, which lasted over 30 years. My last picture of Isabel is in the garden at Pilgrim Wood. She was taking her walk with Hilary and then sitting on a bench. 
And the thing is that all of us, any of us, <coughs> can come to know the love that God has for us. All of us, any of us, can learn to pray. All of us, any of us, can come to know the peace of God which passes all understanding. So I want to say this. If you don't know it, talk to someone who you think does and see if you can find out a little bit more. And so, as Isabel used to say, God bless you. Each